Life in the sky, stories to give. The ones who make it there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit. Where your hosts, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. I am very excited about this episode, so we dive in the fuck right in to my handsome, handsome guest. Please introduce yourself to the people. Hello, everyone. I am Rodney John. I am a celebrity makeup artist. I'm a hat designer. I am a beauty expert, a motivational speaker. Um, I just love to inspire and motivate people just to live their their uh, their true purpose and their, their authentic self. And I just love what I do. I just love making people with, I love enhancing a person's natural beauty. That is one of my favorite things to hear is that people love what they do. I too am trying to love what I do. Um, this has been such, I guess you can say an episode in the making, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we met years, 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 years ago. And this is back, um, baby D when, uh, traveling shit was but a dream because I hadn't even started traveling. I was, uh, this was one of my first creative iterations. If you don't know, I had a blog called The Vixen Experience. And it was a good old time. It was a good, young, fun time. And it brought me into a lot of rooms. I had a good fucking time. And shout out to the homie Kendall. I hope you're doing well, baby. Um, I did a bunch of his videos. And that is where I met Rodney John. Rodney, I want to say, was the first professional to ever beat my face. Like, I'd never had anybody other than, like, my mom or my aunts or, like, my friends play in my face. So it was new to me to have, like, and I I don't know if I probably asked you, like, do people stare at you when you do their makeup? Like, do they just, like, when you're doing the, it's weird to me to have not just somebody in your face, but then I'm thinking to myself, am I staring at this person? Should I look away? Like, it was such a joy to have you do my face. You put me <laughs> at ease because it was also the first time I'd ever had a, I mean, you go to Sears and do yellow family portraits, right? That don't count. It was the first time I'd actually had somebody take my photo, like a professional take my photo. And shout out to friends that just love on you. Ken was like, yo, pull up. <laughs> don't worry about it, baby. We're going to get the face done and we're going to do some really great photos for the blog. And Lo and behold, memories, connections, and, you know, just personal. It was one of those moments where it was like, oh, shit, look at me being cute on camera. Maybe I can do this. So thank you for being part of that little uh, origin story of mine. I don't know if I ever expressed that gratitude to you that, um, mm-hmm. you know, you did help with that because I was nervous. I, don't, I play like it's all funny games, but it I'm and I don't want to say I'm an, I guess I'm an introvert. I guess I'm an ambivert. I am completely capable of holding a conversation. I can be out and about because I can perform. I'm a performer, but inside I'd be scared as fuck. And I'm always, is this okay? Is that right? Am I doing this right? How do I look? Is they judging me? And I didn't get that from you. And then the same translated to, I don't know how to pronounce this man's name, Mikel, Michael, wonderful um, director, and a shooter like just the camp y'all did such an incredible job and it was one of those kind of um not resounding but reaffirming moments that was just like no the energy matters the people that you have around you matters and I thank you for that so public thank you for such an incredible experience that was very impactful so thank um, you y'all that's my guest that we have here today that is amazing. So I just want to just say, it's really interesting that I had no idea that I was the first person who did your makeup. I do remember you vaguely being like a little timid, very like shy in a chair. Um, but you have to understand too, that was the beginning stages of my career. So mm. even though I came in as a professional and I came in like I had all my stuff together, I was still learning and growing at the, at the, at the same time. So for you to tell me that I was able to give you that experience, and I was able to enhance your natural beauty and make you feel comfortable because that's what this industry is all about. The beauty industry is about making a person comfortable and understanding that it's a partnership. I need to make sure that you look and feel your absolute best. And it's not for me, for me to transform you into something that you're not. 
It's for me to enhance your natural beauty to make you look in the mirror and still see a, a, an enhanced version of yourself, but still see you. Yes. So that, that's like, that's my, I, my artistry is all about a timeless application and a good time. Yep. And that's what I got. That's what was had. So this conversation I wanted to have, I wanted to, of course, do the the, the travel talk, right? Um, how you traveled as a professional, where you started, like where are you from? Where did you, did you, are you from New York? Do you live in New York? Like what is going on with your life and how has that travel looked with your uh, career? But I also want to have a bit of an entrepreneurial conversation because I have yet to do that with travel and shit because I am of the assumption that if y'all fuck with the show, that your brain may not work exactly like mine because that's what makes it special, but similarly. So you guys can see the parallels in personal development, business development, brand development, entrepreneurial development, and travel. The same way you plan for travel, the same way you plan for your flights, you plan for your accommodations and the things that you're going to do. A lot of this, this presentation to you guys, this podcast, being a professional makeup artist, being a musician, a dancer, a lot of that requires planning. We don't just show up with nothing, you know, prepared. We plan for these things. And I definitely wanted to see if we could um, express that to you guys as entrepreneurs, as creatives. As, if you are creative, tune in because hopefully you can grow and be like, transform with us through this as we recount these experiences. But also if you aren't a creative, a little insight into how as a traveler or as someone who wants to travel, the two worlds intersect. So that's what we're here for today. Rodney, how did you start? Where was Rodney's beginning with makeup? Wow. So let's, before we get into how I got into the to beauty industry, mm -hmm. I used to be an auto mechanic. What? A lot of people don't know that. I, I, did, four did. Years in high, I did four years in high school because uh, I was at a trade school at Dobbins in Philadelphia. Okay. And I did it for like maybe six months to a year um, when I got out. But I was always into fashion. So in my mind, I was like, I don't know if I really want to work underneath a car and get dirty mm -hmm. um, for the rest of my life. But when I was doing it, I like did um, balanced tires. I did brakes, front brakes, back brakes, balanced tires. Um, I put it, took an engine apart, put it back together. I was still using my hands. So I knew that I was gifted with my hands at the end of the day, right. but I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. I wanted to be a fashion stylist. So when I was taking up fashion, I first started off fashion design at the Art Institute of Philadelphia okay. and I hated pattern making. So in the middle of my, um, my semester, I switched to marketing. Okay. And I learned the fundamentals of fashion and the time periods. And I was styling people at a very young age. And, you know, I was working at J. Crew and one of the my clients who I was personally shopping for, she came in the store and she was just like, I I, I think this particular day, I put a whole outfit together for her son's prom or his birthday or something. And she was just watching how the presentation was and how detail oriented I was and the energy and everything that was happening. And she was just like, after we got done, she said, oh my goodness. She was like, you are absolutely amazing at what you do. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I'm so grateful that you know, you're very detail oriented. And she was like, I would love for you to work for me. And I'm like, where do you work? And she's like, I work at Aveda, mind you. Aveda was literally across from where I worked. J. Crew on this side, Aveda right here. You know how many times I walk past this store to go to the food court uh -huh. and never paid this store no attention because I wasn't into the beauty world. I didn't know anything about products and candles and all of that stuff she was trying to sell me on. I was just like, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. But she said to me, she said, let me tell you something. She said, I need a guy in my store. I feel like you're the perfect fit. And I said to myself, she said, what are you making at J. Crew? Come on, sis. Mind you, I'm a college student. Mm -hmm. So I need money. Right. So uh, $5 more than so I'm like, doing? what are we talking? What are we doing? <laughs> You're right. And she offered me, she said, if you if you leave J. Crew and come work for me as a part-timer, I will give you $13 an hour. Ooh. In college, that's good ass money. I said, I said, now what is this place? What is this place called again? Right. And what, what, what day do I do? start? <laughs> he said, listen, 
shampoos, conditioners, candles, organic tea, makeup, and all that stuff. She said, I will teach you everything. She said, you have nothing to worry about. She said, I know you have what it takes. And I'm just grateful at this point in my career that I did not allow what other people, you know, saw for me, my family saw for me. Because in my mind, being an auto mechanic is the way to go. My, my, my father and my brothers and my sisters, they make up, they look at me like, what are you doing? You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm so glad that I was able to see what she saw, even though I didn't see it in the beginning, once I got in the company and I started learning the, the company and the mission and the products, and I was really, really, really good at every domain except for makeup. And I'm going to make a long story short. She basically said, um, "If you, she said, you have very amazing leadership qualities about yourself, but in order for me to promote you to the next level, to a full-time key holder, you have to get your makeup sales up. So what we're going to do is we're going to succession plan you. And when there's nobody in the store, we're going to have you work on all the different employees that work in the store. And we're going to show you how to do the eyeliner, the mascara, how to match foundation, how to recommend skincare, how to create a regimen specific for, you know, tailor for each person that come in the store. And I was like, wait a minute. As much as I want to be a leader, I don't know if I can do that. Okay. And they literally walked me through every process. And after three months of training, she said to me, the next person that comes into the store, I don't care who it is, you have to sit them down, do a consultation, put skincare and makeup on them, and you need to sell them all the products. To make a long story short, um, $700 later, Ooh. okay, this white woman walked in, sat her down. She was a mature woman, too. And I was freaking out, like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to be able to do this. $700 later, she walked out with everything. And that's that when I knew shit. that I had right. what it took to actually do it. And after all that, you know, then it became the passion. And I started, I became a manager for Aveda for eight years. Wow. I worked in um, the Short Hill store, ran that store. I went to um, Third Avenue in New York, ran that store. So as far as traveling is concerned, sometimes even in your career, you have to go where your career takes you. So mm -hmm. I went from Philadelphia to New York, did that for um, 10 years, worked in New York in the business. That's when I met you mm -hmm. and did a lot of um, video shoots. And I did a lot of fashion weeks. I did a lot of um, editorials and I built my portfolio. Once I did that, I wanted to further my career and I wanted to work more, more with celebrities and red carpet events. And I knew that L.A. was the way to go because all the happening things was happening in L.A. And then some awards was happening in Vegas. And I had an opportunity that allowed me to go from New York to L.A. to work on a TV show for three months on um, Lifetime. Oh. So, again, I packed up my things. It was like you have two options. You need to either um, pay your rent to your roommate so y'all can so he can have a place to stay right. or take your rent money. Because at that point, I wasn't really making no money. I was on a lot of free jobs. You know, trying to make things make like make, make things work in my career. And it was either do that or pay to get to this job opportunity. And I took that money and I flew to L.A. and I stayed there for nine years. So wow. I did all the things that I was able to accomplish. We worked in all the red carpet events, built my celebrity clients. I worked on a lot of different shows. And then, boom, I met Sherry Shepard, worked with her for a couple of years, about maybe five years in LA. And then when she got her daytime show, she called me one time and asked me when I was on a McDonald's shoot um, as a key makeup artist for a McDonald's commercial and asked me when I moved back to New York to be her makeup artist. So here I am back in New York, still living my dream. And I love I love it every single day. I love what I do. Y'all, we talking to a uh, Sherry Shepard's makeup artist. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it is what it is. I mean, it's what it is. Don't get it twisted. I work with Angela Bassett. I work with Vanessa Simmons. Don't make me start name dropping. I mean, go off. Listen, I, listen. We stand Angela Bassett in this <laughs> in this home. You hear me? Stand her down, and um, she ain't need to fix. Not she. Not, that face is flawless. She ain't need to fix shit. Okay? Nothing. Congrats, Jamie. <laughs> you know, but just saying. Not. That's not me. That's not me, right? I I wasn't there. They don't care my opinion. So with all those travels, what is it like? Because 
it sounds like you walked away from everything that you had established. Like you had set so much up and to be able to walk away from that. Cause I'm in my head. I'm just like, I don't know if I'm that bold. That is such a beautiful quality to have. And I don't think a lot of people pick up on that where mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's one thing to like, cause we move for school, right? You change cities in a state for, um, for work, you may ch- transfer location, whatever, but to move your entire life, not on a whim, because there's, it's it, that I don't want to reduce it to a whim because you knew you understand that. Right. But being able to listen to that and relocate, I admire that quality. I don't know. I've never had that opportunity to cross the bridge to know per se, but I don't know if I could do that. Where did you feel like you felt most at ease doing your work? Did that feel different on either coast? Like was LA easier to navigate or was New York, Philly? Like where did you feel most, I guess, at ease? And what was it like having to leave that if it wasn't New York? Okay. So let me tell you this. When you are an entrepreneur or when you are a creative, you have to have faith Hmm. in yourself and in God or higher power or whatever it is that you believe in, because that is the thing that will consistently show you your path and show you that you're on the right track. And you have to understand that there is different seasons and different levels to you growing and evolving and going to that next level. You know, um, so I think because of my faith and because I knew, even though I couldn't see my way out of certain situations and I had to go through a lot of struggles and I had to go through a lot of times where I didn't have money and I had to go through times where I had to sleep on the A train in New York for two days. I was couch surfing on my friend's couches and stuff like that. So, but, but one thing I will say is that every time that I felt at my lowest, an opportunity presented itself in my career that showed me that this is my purpose. And I feel that once you find your purpose, you have to keep going and going and going regardless of what it looked like, because it's it's all about not giving up. And I chose not to give up. I could have went back to corporate America. I could have went back to retail management, but I knew that my purpose was bigger than me. And to be honest, um, how I really, really knew that my purpose was bigger than me is when I was in New York at my lowest. And I had already did a billboard in Times Square with my client. And she, she literally right off the train, she called me and said, I would love to bring you to West Africa, to Cape Verde, to be the key makeup artist for their Caribbean Fashion Week on two different islands. So I was there for three weeks. When I tell you I had to, and I was off the train. I had dinner with the president the prime minister, the minister of culture. I had a famous piano player serenade me and um, I had somebody cooking and cleaning and making up my bed every day. I felt like a king from the train. And I just was like so grateful. And like the last week leading up to me coming back to, to the United States, God put in my spirit to get on my knees in gratitude and just pray. So I would get out my bed, get on my knees, and I would just pray. And I would, I did not know why I was praying. I just knew that I heard the voice. And thank God I was obedient to the voice because three days before it was time for me, I don't know if you remember this, but three days before it was time for me to get back on my plane, we were driving through the mountains. And I always have to say we were eating bananas and drinking waters. I don't think we was drunk. Right. We were driving through the mountains. And the car I was in fell over a cliff and flipped five times into a ditch. And I wound up having surgery on my left hand. I I fractured two bones. But my whole point is this. Because of faith and relationship with the higher power, which, which is God for me, I was obedient. And I think because I was obedient, all three of us in that car survived the accident. And that was the pivotal moment in my life that I knew that it wasn't just about enhancing a person's beauty. It wasn't just about um, being a makeup artist. It wasn't just about any of that. It was more so about how are you impacting these people's lives? How are you making a difference? How are you going to leave a legacy? 
because you're here on earth for a reason. And if you're not in a space to teach the next generation of people, artists, whatever it is that's coming up under you, you're not living your true purpose. You're not, you know, so that's where it all came from. It was just like, how can I start now building my brand with purpose? And that's where made came from, my hats. And it stands for making attainable differences every day. That is something no matter what you're doing, whether you're in corporate America, whether you are trying to um, lose weight, whether it's you want to be a chef, it doesn't matter what it is. You have to make attainable differences every day to reach any one of your goals because what you realize is that each goal you have when you're making attainable differences, it connects you to the next thing and that connects you to the next thing. And before you know it, you're on the number one daytime we syndicate a show working with Sherry. So I know like my purpose is bigger than me. It's not about me. It's about me creating a legacy and, and really inspiring other people to never give up and just keep doing what you're doing. And you are doing a damn good job because I'm already in my little emo bag. Just like you have a gift for motivation also. if I mean, I'm sure someone has told you by now, but reaffirming, you got it. Um, so in terms of making attainable differences every day and the beautiful headgear, how did you decide to do hats from makeup okay. now to hats, okay. please. So let me tell you why. I, oh, you asked all the right questions. I love it. So <laughs> because because I was in fashion. Right. Yep. Her, okay. Right? As I was growing up, I was always in a hat, whether it was a baseball cap, a uh, fedora hat, um, Kango style hat, like any hat you could think of, I've worn it. In some kind of way, because I just feel that hats complete your look, mm -hmm. right? I stay in a dad and, hat. And a dad hat, like like all like the porky pie, like I wore them all. And my whole thing was this: I was trying to figure out with purpose how could I bridge the gap mm -hmm. with my fashion and my makeup, and it makes sense. I'm always in a hat. I got so tired of sending people that stopped me on the street to somebody else's website. When I have a degree in marketing, I have managerial skills. Mm -hmm. You know, I've run million dollar company, like, you know, stores. So it's like, I know what it takes. And then once social media will start popping, I was just like, I'm leaving all of this corporate stuff and I'm going to run my own brand and run my own business because I know what to do. I've done it. I've, I've beat, last year numbers i've met the goal i've hit the extended goal like i know what it takes is it hard to do all on your own in the beginning when you don't have the finances to back it up or get finances that have have the, the proper help of yeah. course you're going to be frustrated and you're going to struggle and you might not be as successful because you don't have the backing but when you know and you grind you get connected with the right people the right team will come now I'm in a place where, you know, the whole point was I wanted to make sure that I sent people to my own website so that I could maximize my full potential hmm. when it comes to makeup and yep. fashion. And I'm telling you, it I make it a part of everything that I do. Like now, I'm going to always be in a hat because when I go places, I I always get stopped by somebody, even if it's one person. Yep. And it's never really one. It's never really one. I'm consistently, I am a walking billboard. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even doing it just for the sale. I'm only just being me. Right. And I'm incorporating into my fashion moments mm -hmm. and people love it. Why not be so your fashion? Website, so go to, the, go, to the, go to the site and buy it. That's it. Period. So, you mentioned, and this is like the entrepreneur talk and huh, not asking for a friend, asking for me. So when you, before you had the backing, before you found your team, what was your process for, okay, it is me. I am overwhelmed. I need help. 
where, because for me, I can only speak from my experience. I get overwhelmed with so much fucking information. So I know you had to, I assume, find a distributor. You had to find some place for your hats to be made. Did you have to travel to, did you go visit where the hats were made by any chance? Or did Literally you? Literally everything I've done when I first started my hats um, was, was in LA. Okay. I was hand throwing everything. So I did my research. First of all, before it even started, me and my one of my best friends, B. Slade, was um, sitting in, a, um, in his house. And we were just having a conversation about my life and his life and things that I wanted to do. And the fact that he really believed in me as a brand and me as a person and me as a friend. And he was just like, I'm like, but I don't have the money to do this. Like, I'm still trying to pay these bills. Like, I, like, I, I want to create a hat. My friend Kim, Kim Epps, we had conversations about me. She was like, you need, you, you're the hat man. You need, you need to do it. And I'm like, I know, but like, how do you just do it? Yeah. without the money and they like you don't have to start big start small build the momentum up around it get the notoriety put it on the right people mm-hmm. and that's what i started doing i would start started gifting people like celebrities that i would do makeup All right makes sense I, I would be it would be a gift pepper from salt and pepper gift to her one courted the organic moment on camera that's promo yeah. Whether they post it or not. Yeah. Um, I always get these two mixed up. Wendy, is it Wendy Raquel? I think it's Wendy Raquel Roberts. Robinson? Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Tasha Matt? Yes, yes. Gave her okay. one. How that happened was I was doing um, NAACP mm-hmm. uh, makeup, and she was one of the people I had to touch up. But because you do your research or what people wear and how they dress and this, that, and the third, I knew yeah. she liked hats. I knew she liked bright colors. I specifically wore that day my pink fedora hat. Strategy because I, because I knew I she would like it. Mm-hmm. And I had one already packaged for her. But I never even said anything to her about it. I literally just walked in, did my thing. And she walked in and she was like, oh my God, that hat, that hat is everything. Wow. And I was just like, you really like it? She was like, yes, that's everything. Oh my God, where that come? I said, it's a part of my headline. And I reached down and grabbed it and gave it to her. When I tell you, she spent around in her chair on camera and started carrying on about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sherry Shepard gave one to Nisi Nash when she was hosting the Wendy Williams show. So I'm just saying, like, even if you don't have the backing, if you're connected to the right people, yeah. you have the, the right heart, the right vision, it will all manifest itself. And then everything else will start falling in line. But you have to do your research. You have to put some money up. You have to, you know, mm-hmm. invest in your own self. You got to spend money you to make to money. Start small. And you don't need a whole lot of skews to be successful. People think you're supposed to just start out with 20 hats. No, I kept building. As I would make money, I would take the money and reinvest mm-hmm. it back to create different styles, different colors. And then I added um, an artist who did the um, artwork. Yeah. Or hand paint the- on my hats. And then I hired somebody else and they started helping me with the, the Swarovski crystals. Mm-hmm. That's literally sitting there putting each crystal on strategically in place. Yeah. You know, so now I went from a $65 hat, $50 hat, to now range from $50 to $500. Mm-hmm. But that happened for six years. I didn't, all, I didn't have all that the first year. So it's just you have to just know your lane, understand your product, understand who you are as a brand, and you have to be connected to the right people that, that really believe in what you have to offer. And that's all I really have for you when it comes to that. So how did you end up finding the right team to help you? What did you tap in for that? Let me tell you. So my page that I have down there, maybe I'm writing the job page, right? Mm -hmm. I got hacked. And I didn't have that account for like five years. What? And my manager, let me tell you, my my manager now is, he was a friend of mine who I met at New York Fashion Week before I even moved to L.A. And we connected and I was just, like you said, I'm always motivating and inspiring people. And I was just having a real conversation with him because he was trying to figure out if he should move to to um, New York. And 
he was a makeup artist and mm -hmm. I think Arkansas and this and that. And I was just giving him the right advice, telling him what to do. And then he went and did what I told him to do. He was very successful. And but he had pivoted into becoming like opening up um, I think million dollar like stores and stuff in hotels, salons and hotels and stuff okay. like that. So he became like very, very, very successful and created a makeup line and everything. Like he did everything that he wanted to do. And we lost contact. And once I got my page back, he found me okay. again in the middle of the pandemic. And we literally would just Zoom, like Zoom once a week just to reconnect. Checking in. Right? Mm -hmm. The checking in, of course, when you're checking in and you're reconnecting, you're talking about everything life experiences, business stuff. This yeah. and the third, what he's done for people, how he made them millionaires, how he did this, what I want to do, da, 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 da. And it organically happened over three months. And the thing that I loved about him before he took me on as a client, even though we were friends, he needed to understand who I was as a brand. He wanted to understand how I was as a person. He wanted to understand how he could really market me. He wanted to understand if I was really serious. It took him three months to get to know who I was in that season, in that space of my life. And once he saw that I was serious, he's like, you know what? I want to help you. I see something in you. I know this and the third, blah, 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 blah. And he started doing things to help me get to that next level, to help me see things different, to help me think different about how I spend my money. And it wasn't just about just the product. It was life. Yeah. In order for you to become a millionaire, you have to penny pinch. You have you can't give money to everybody that say they need help. You can't be in the clubs popping bottles. You can't be spending money five six hundred dollars on a Gautier shirt or a thousand dollar coat just because you have the money to spend it. That's not how you become a millionaire if you really want a, a business. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to play, I ain't the one. Right. If you want to go to that next level, you're going to listen to what I'm telling you, and you're going to start putting it into action. Now we can work and we can we can business. And I just listened. And, and he, you know, a lot of that in the beginning, he wasn't charging me or nothing like that. And we gradually built together. Mm -hmm. And now he's getting paid. We're doing business partnerships with other people. And it's it's working. Now he has a whole team and other clients underneath his umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, but the way he moves is that he strategically puts people in place that makes sense for everybody. There's no point in him having five makeup artists. Mm -hmm. He an uh, ex-NFL football player who's a um, fitness trainer and have product out. He has a TV producer. He has a motivational speaker. He has me as my, you know what I mean? Yeah, but a little bit of everything. all benefit from everybody. So I just like that about him. He don't just take clients for the money. He, and he always asks the question when it comes to opportunities and money. He presents it to me and says, this is the opportunity. And how much money you might make, but this is a money maker. Right. What is more important to you? Mm -hmm. Is it the opportunity or the money? And let me make the decision. And of course, guide me if I go left, but he's never going to make that decision for me. So if I make mistakes throughout the process, it's because those are the choices that I made. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just think it's important to understand who you have in your corner and they have to believe in you mm -hmm. just as much as you do, if not more. And he has proven that he's in it for the long haul, as long as I'm willing to do the work. So how would you suggest, it's kind of like, um, I guess this is a, cause I'm thinking of different parts of the same question, right? Mm -hmm. So there's finding the right people. And I'm thinking in terms of, that fine line, because you had mentioned that you guys were friends first. And I know a lot of times, some of us, whether you have a product business, a service business, or something in between, many of us may get disappointed when our friends or family don't necessarily um, jump to support us, or we don't see them supporting us the way that we would perhaps want them to support us. So that fine line between expecting your friends and family to be said customers or um, your audience and in terms of 
stepping away from those expectations of them, how do you, let me ask that question first. How do you navigate around not looking to, because my mama listens to every damn episode. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. They listen to everything. Hey. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know my best friends, not all of them, but Dell, she definitely going to listen. And every once in a while, Courtney going to listen. But I have other friends that I love dearly and I know love me down that ain't never heard an episode of this shit. I know my cousins ain't never heard this shit. And I, at first I took that shit personal, but then I had to realize they're not my market. They're not my audience. I'm like, you can't sell to everybody. Not if I'm selling cars, I think they got a car ain't my market, but just because you're my brother, I'm expecting you to buy a car. Like you have a car or this isn't for you. You take the train, right? So how do you suggest creatives and entrepreneurs, new business people kind of set those fair expectations, right? Knowing which friends are going to be the ones that are going to support you in your dreams. And then also knowing how to pivot towards people that you can kind of pull on, like who your true audience should be and not expecting it to be your friends and family. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. You know, you actually kind of answered it, but the way I want to put it to you is this. When you go to a Louis Vuitton store, if you go to a Macy, if you go to a Nordstrom, whatever store that you love to go to, right? Mm -hmm. Those people that work there from the management team over to the, the part-time salesperson, when people come through that door and shop with them, it's not necessarily our friends. Mm -mm. It's people that just fall in love with the product. So how are you marketing your product? How are you making people fall in love with you? That's going to be the thing that sustain you. The friends that come and support, that's an added bonus. Because they because the people that really love you, they're gonna support. And it's not it, it, it might it might be a thing where they don't even like the hats. <laughs> I'm just gonna buy the hat because I believe in you. Yeah. I see what you're doing in your community. I see how you're making a difference. I love you, but that's not gonna be a repeat customer. That's just gonna be like a one time mm -hmm. every once in a blue moon just to show you that I care. Where you have to find your your group of people that's not your friends. Most people that shot with me is people that I don't know. Right. And stop me on the street. Those are the customers I don't want because they're going to be loyal. Those are the ones that you and I'm not saying you don't cater to your friends, but those ones is the ones that's going to keep your business for the long haul. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and you just have to just tell yourself, because we all go through those stages. I've been post, posting these hats, da, 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 and, and this person can keep buying these other people hats and they ain't bought my. Okay, in due season, when they feel compelled to buy one or not, they will. And if they don't, we have to be okay with that. That's the bottom line. So, Did I answer have, your question? Yes. Okay. Yes. Have you ever had a mentor oh, or like people? Absolutely. So, now, this is my thing with mentors because I believe in the, I don't know if power is the right word, um, usefulness, I guess. I believe in the mentor-mentee relationship, right? But as someone who would want a mentor, how do you figure out going about approaching someone to be a mentor? Because I've always heard people say, well, what value can you bring to them? And I'm just like, nigga, nothing. I don't think like if someone that's a stat, like I'm thinking, okay, I have my ideal established podcaster in mind, right? And I would love to work with this person because I believe in the way that they handle their business. I love mm -hmm. that they don't necessarily, I would rather work with someone that would walk away from a million dollars because it's not in alignment with how they want to do business. It's not in alignment with how they want to present themselves. That's somebody that I would want to work with. But as someone, I mean, I could bring great personality and cheer, but what am I offering to someone as the newbie as a podcaster, right? And I've been doing it for almost five years. I still figure myself as a newbie because where like I'm not on their level. How do you suggest someone approach looking for a mentor when the 
narrative around finding a mentor tends to be, well, what, you know, offering them value in some sense. It's like, well, where, when you can't see the value you can offer someone, how do you navigate the space of finding someone who can help you? Because at this point, it feels like it would be a selfish relationship, right? I'm looking for someone to help pour into me and help with Okay, no, you're spending too much time on this. Maybe to, like spend your attention doing this. So I can hire all the help. I can spend money on that. But at the same time, it's just like that's a that's a trans that's a business transaction. And while you can find great people to work with in that aspect, I feel like there's a certain magic in someone that just sees value in you, the way that your friends saw value in you, the way that woman that brought you into Aveda saw value in you. Mm-hmm. Like she in this way that I heard the story, that was a mentor to you. So how do you suggest someone, you know, find a mentor or put themselves in the space to receive a mentor without feeling as if, um, you know, you have to be a personal assistant to somebody or bring more than what you feel is possible to give? Okay, good question. Um, What I want to say to that is, there's different ways mentorships happen. There's some just or that just organically happens. Like in my situation, I didn't even look at it or even knew at that time that these were mentors in my life because I was just going with the flow. I was just eager to learn. I was just eager to just do. I just believed, like I believed that they believed. And some people just, some people can't even do that. Like I can tell you, I think you would be, an amazing model, but if you don't feel that yourself, you're not going to leave doing your podcast to go be a model. You know what I'm saying? You'd have to really feel strongly that you can do it. So that's one way. Another way I think people don't realize this is that mentors come from your investment. Hmm. So if I'm a makeup artist and you think I am amazing at what I do and you've watched everything I've done on YouTube for free and you know I'm doing master classes, you know I'm selling products. You know I am giving my all because this is what I enjoy and I love and I'm passionate about. If I have two people that want me to mentor them, somebody who spent $500 to come to my class for eight hours and somebody who's just been on my social media page every day in my inbox asking me questions, who do you think I'm going to mentor? Right. The person who invested in them, in themselves. Now, I'm not saying I will never in, invest into somebody who don't have it or don't, you know, and I don't, I don't, that I don't see, I might still see the value in that person, but you take all those into consideration because at the end of the day, we are supposed to add some kind of value. It might not be the same value. Yeah. We need to be able to add some value in anything, relationships and business, you know, and mentorships like, and we should all, when you have the mentality is that, no matter how far you are, you can always learn and grow. Yeah. You're going to want to find a way to add value to whatever it is that you're trying to do. Because like you said, nobody don't want somebody who just take, 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 take it in any situation. Right. You know what I mean? So I think I do both. When people mentor me, I also take that and go and mentor other people. So it just depends on the chemistry, the energy, and the situation, because they all are different. Right. But it can that can definitely happen if you uh, connect yourself to the right person. And you have to have good intuition on both parts, the mentee and the person who wants to be mentored. So. Okay. So how do you not pivot, but decide or kind con- I don't even want to say decide, you had mentioned intuition. So how do you kind of navigate, right? Because intuition comes into play all the time in travel. <laughs> Something about that bar don't feel right. I don't speak the language, but the energy is really not, this ain't for me, moving on. Or you know what? This trip seemed like a good idea. For example, we was, we're was we going to Mexico at the end of the, uh, the month. We were supposed to go last June, but something was telling us not to go because we had um, my partner's, uh, cousin's wedding. We couldn't miss it. Like there's no way I would let him miss that wedding. So we decided to cancel it. Right. So there are different times in your life where you pick up on like where it's easier to know when the right time to pivot is. How did you know 
it was the right time to start new or add on to what you're already doing. So you have makeup by Rodney John, right? Then you had um, your made hats, but I know you also have a beauty line coming out. How did you feel? What was your process for tuning into when the right time to do more was and maybe the right time to do less also? Okay, that's a very, very, very good question. Um, so once I got with my manager, and I told you we spent all that time understanding who I was and what direction I want to go in, now it's his job of responsibility as my manager to help me execute and get to that level. Because I've been to a few managers, and each manager played their role in their season. And when it's time for that season to be up, your intuition tells you when things are not um, elevating and you, you feel stagnant in any that way, yeah. you have to start planning your exit. And it's not that they're, they're not family. It's not that sometimes they just don't have what it takes to get you to that next space. So and you have to be able to be man enough and woman enough to say and acknowledge mm -hmm. and be able to speak up for yourself and say, this is not working. Love you down. We still family. but. I'm going to either do this on my own till I find that right person and the right person will come. So once I told him what I wanted to do, we were speaking things, writing things like it was a process. It's just that it happened and, and, and things just start like we were just checking stuff off the box like, yo, this is happening. And when a person really believes in you, like I said, the way you believe in yourself, it's easy for you. And then also when you are doing the work, when you're getting constructive criticism or feedback yeah, as to what it is that you need to do to be in a certain light, to be looked at in a certain way, once that happens, then they're able to go sell you. Mm -hmm. And even though he knew I wanted to go into the beauty industry for his product is concerned, he still knew my core values. Mm. It's not just about stepping my name on some makeup or skincare and just to say I have it. I have integrity when it comes to how I want things to look and how I need things to be. Even when it comes to the innovation and the ingredient benefits, it's the industry is saturated with stuff. So my target is ethnic skin. And the person that we partner with, Dr. Winnie Roberts, she specializes in ethnic skin. She's a double board certified dermatologist. She has her own um, place where she does all her chemistry and, you know, and mm -hmm. create the products and all that kind of stuff. And because we have built myself up to this image, you have to show yourself first. Mm -hmm. Then when he the person present you to the next opportunity, he kept calling her phone she's busy. She got awards. She travels. She's Beverly Johnson's best friend. She lives in Palm, uh, Palmdale, Palm Springs, mm -hmm. um, California. She wasn't answering the phone, but he would say it was his persistence mm -hmm. that finally got her on the phone. Then when he got on the phone, he's telling me like it's him, and she's like, "Wait, to meet this Riley John." And then she looked at my page. She's like, "Wait, he's popping." And mm -hmm. then when she had a meeting with me like this. It was just like a color match made in heaven because we shared the same values and he knew that. Yeah. That would be the perfect partnership for me. And it's all working out very smoothly. So I didn't know when it was going to happen. We just planted the seed mm -hmm. and watched it blossom into a beautiful flower. And I just can't wait to, to show the world because it's going to be the number one product out there on the market. I'm telling you now, marketing order this day is mm -hmm. going to happen. I believe it. And so, that makes me remember them lip I still got them lipsticks. I feel like them the lipsticks, lipsticks are still in my lipstick drawer. <laughs> my Riley John beautiful. collection. Mm-hmm. And I the did. only reason why and the only reason why I pivoted from that, because it went mm -hmm. it went real well um, when I was doing it. The person who I was doing it with it was LTW Custom Cosmetics and we did a partnership and I like the lipstick, I like the shape, but my problem was as a brand trying to establish myself in the industry, 
she, we all shared the same, anybody who partnered with her, we had to share the same leopard packaging. I couldn't use anything yeah. different. And I'm like, this is not going to work long-term. This okay. was, yeah. And so you see how the difference is back then, it was all about me just having a product. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I need a product with purpose. I need a product yeah. with integrity. I have, a, and I say her product wasn't, you know, a good product. It was just certain things that I just visually see now that I didn't see before because I've grown. Yes. I've developed. I've seen so many different things. I work with so many different products. You know what I mean? I went to the, to the store and didn't see stuff for us. So mm -hmm. I wanted to create a product for us, by us, that understands our pigments, that understands our skin tones, that understand um, everything that come along with the melanin in our skin. Yeah. So she was the perfect person. And when I tell you, I'm so I'm super excited and happy about this opportunity. So what kind of beauty products are you guys going to have? Is it going to be a face wash? Is it going to be... Um, uh, I can't like? tell you. I can't I can't tell you. Come follow on, me surprise. On, follow me on Rodney J-O-N Butay. And you Do you have a launch? Do we have like an ETA? It's spring. It's spring. Okay. Okay. So spring. Oh, spring. Like first day of spring is March 20th. So that's soon, girlies. Is it... um? Gender neutral? Is it more? Um, okay, right. Niggas it. wash their face Everybody too. Everybody and, and non niggas, niggas, non men, women in between. Everybody, you should be washing your face. However, you identify is the point. Um, you should be taking care of your skin, even if it's not face wash. You should be taking care of your skin. Period. We all got it. However, you identify, you got skin. So, after you decided to, not even after when you decide on connecting with people right in terms of partnerships for business how do you feel your personality is related to that right because i know that for example my personal decision making skills my person like who i am as a person absolutely plays into how i book my travel it plays into the different types of things that i am uh that i find in alignment with myself and i'm having not a difficult time but it's kind of giving me pause in business because I understand myself to kind of be a very laid back kind of just like eh, person. But I know that those I've seen that those same behaviors don't always play well when it comes to business. So in choosing your business partners and in making these professional decisions, how do you have to navigate um, or how do you choose to navigate who you are how do you, if you do find you have to, um, your personality, do you ever have to kind of, do you find yourself having to, I don't want to say be different, but in terms of trying to find the best way to express it, it makes perfect sense in my head, but y'all not in my head. I know that the same things that I do for my personal life, I can't always do for my professional life. When it comes to making business decisions, I know the, all right, well, I'll figure it out when I get there, isn't always going to work. So have you had to navigate any types of, I don't want to say personality changes, but do you have to like wear different hats in the different ways that you handle yourself? There's one way you might do things personally, and there's another way that you might do things professionally, but do you feel that you have to make any changes to kind of balance the two? Um, You know what? I don't make any changes. No, for the most part, I'm myself. Um, but when you're in, when you're making business decisions, there is a certain level of confidence, certain level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, seriousness is because I'm a very joyful, playful person. I'm not going to be sitting in a room making a business, business decision, trying to make people laugh. You know Got what it. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so when it comes to something like that, um, you have to be in a place to be able to sell yourself. So, but even with that, sometimes you have to use your personality to sell yourself. So it, here's a better way. Here's another way. Yes. So in like, for example, there's intuition and then there's the, there's knowing that what you feel or what you hear is intuition or if it's your fear speaking, right? Sometimes something is like, oh, I don't know. Uh, this doesn't necessarily seem like a good decision for now. I know you said that 
you go on faith, you move on faith. And that was a big part in how you, you know, entered into your decisions with makeup. But now that you are here where you are, where's that line between using your brain and then using your intuition? Because I know that if I'm looking something up, I there's 47,000 different links with information on any one given topic. So you can do as much research, but then at a certain point, you got to pull the trigger. You have to make a decision. So I know that the way that I make decisions in my personal life don't always play well with the way that I would um, or the way I perceive business should be handled because I tend to really just be a kind of person that's not going to play it with work. When money is on the line and when like, dates and timelines and other people's time is there that's that wishy-washy doesn't play so for me and my decisions I know that I can't necessarily go into a lot of things with um with Dana head I gotta go into it with D carry head like I have to sometimes separate it and be like all right so like you said sometimes you got a woman up and be like or man up and be like now, this isn't going to work. You have to really voice your opinions and speak up for yourself. Those different versions of myself don't always appear wow. on both ends. Like my personal life, I'm way more laid back. But when it comes to business, I know I can't usually, I, I don't think that I can take that same approach. How did you learn to navigate where that good, space was in being yourself because I'm going to be me like you're going to get me being as myself that's not what I mean I don't mean like I'm a different person but I know my decision making and um the way that I choose to focus can't always be the same have you had any experience in having to navigate um when to turn off the play and when to turn on like the okay no this is a serious decision and I have to kind of make it make sense now you know what I think? I, I feel like I use the same form formula, whether it's personal or business. I think that sometimes when it doesn't always work out in your favor, it makes you re-evaluate re, um, certain things so that you can make better decisions. So, because that sounds like I felt like I made the right decision with something and it went left and I'm like, oh God, I didn't know it was going to turn out like that, but I really felt in my spirit that that's what I should do. I'm not even saying that I wasn't supposed to do it because sometimes, I'm going to give you a prime example. When I got booked that job in um, from New York to LA, mm -hmm. it was a three month job. I was supposed to make $20,000 um, in three months. I was working with Tanisha Thomas from Bagger's Club and I was working with um, three other black women. The three black women didn't know who I was, and it was two makeup artists and two hairstyles. The other um, makeup artist was working with Ariana Grande at the time, mm -hmm. and he was um, a Latino artist, and he had a lot more followers than me. I was still building, and I wasn't known in LA. It was my first job, so they basically, so basically, my intuition told me to leave my apartment and to go do this job because I know I would make twenty thousand dollars. I'd be set up for success, and then I would continue my career in LA because that's my it was my dream to be in LA working on all of that stuff right mm -hmm. so my tuition intuition told me yes that's the job um uh, even when it comes to I had a friend who was living in I was I was able to stay with them for the first couple months um and to make a long story short after like the fourth week mind you I was the first person coming into work every day on the bus because I didn't have a car I was in LA at that excited excited ready to go make this money, make these connections and build a relationship with even the people that was on set. Those three girls did not want me to touch them. So for the first four or five weeks of me working on the show, I was only working with Tanisha and this guy was doing all three of them. And you already know working in production and stuff like that in the past, uh -huh. that time is money. And mm -hmm. it's like, we're gonna pay the same rate. Now they looking, they looking at us, at all the women on the panel they all look beautiful. They all look equally the same. But now, because they're complaining, they have to find a solution. And the solution was to let me go. Hmm. So in that moment, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm only in L.A. The job is gone. I'm not going to make $20,000. Now I'm questioning my artistry. I'm questioning, questioning my move. I'm questioning everything. I just shit myself. You know what I mean? I'm just like, was this the right decision? Was it not? I know what I felt. 
But my whole point is that opportunity and that happening to me allowed me to understand how to move in LA with people. You make a lot of business um, connections, but you don't make a lot of friends, right? That was the first thing. And then the second thing was, I still needed the, that job opportunity to get me in LA to have allowed me in the last nine years in LA to do the things that I really wanted to do. So you see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't always work out in your favor, but I'm still using the same formula. And you have to be able to pivot and figure it out once it doesn't go the way that it was supposed to go because I didn't know I was going to get fired. Yeah. But once I realized that, I'm like, okay, well, what's next, God? Because I ain't going back. My roommate ain't even going to let me back. He mad because I ain't paid right. rent. Yeah. And I ain't going back to Philly to my mom's house. What are we doing? Got to keep going. So I just kept looking forward. So... I don't know. I just, I just try to use the same formula and and just hope for the best. And that, most of the time, I'm I'm spot on. And then sometimes it could be something off. But I just pivot and keep it pushing. But that's what life is about: going through different experiences and being able to overcome them. And I'm thankful that you said that because what came out, what I was hearing when you were saying that was stop being afraid to be wrong. And I think that's the difference for, and that's where, and it's like, again, sometimes you don't know you need to hear something. And I definitely needed that. So thank you for that. Because I think where I was asking is because I have a difficult time, I guess, believing that I guess you're enough, right? Or that you have to do something different because I do not personally believe in all of like the, tra- I don't want to say I don't believe in the traditional business. They don't feel right. The traditional business models just don't really sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you just need more, um, uh, what's not, um, so that's what R. Affirmation. Reassurance. Yes. Thank you. You need reassurance that it doesn't have to look like everybody else. It can absolutely work, even if it takes longer than what you intended, even if there are more setbacks, even if you fuck up, even if you make the wrong decision. Like you could have looked at going to LA as the wrong decision after they let you go. It could have been it right there. You could have just went back East Coast and figured it out from there, but you didn't. You didn't let that decision be the wrong decision. It was just a decision in that moment and you keep going. But you know what the crazy part about it is? That decision of them letting me go had nothing to do with my performance or me not being on time or me not being a good artist, even though they made me feel like that was the case. So when you know who you are as a person and as an artist or or whatever it is is that you're doing and you really believe in yourself 150%, you can't let another's inability to see your worth determine your destiny. And that's one of the quotes that I always use, especially when I'm about to end the live. But I felt like it was most appropriate to say it now. So even with you, I don't know what make you feel like sometimes you're not enough or you're different or you need to be this way or that way. All you need to do is be you. And if people can't love and accept you for you, they're not supposed to be in your life. They're not supposed to be a part of your journey. Do not let another's inability to see your worth determine your destiny. Period. You have the power to change the narrative of your career, to change the narrative of your story. You have the power to get to the next level of your career. You have the power to leave the legacy you want to live for other people. You have the power to inspire and motivate people on your platform. And you have the power to get to the next level um, to to financial freedom. You have that power. Nobody else has that power but you. And I think that is the perfect way to close this out. Thank you, Rodney. So thank you for having me. So so very much. Where can the people find you? Where can the people keep up to date with all of your offerings? Um, do you do makeup classes by any chance? You're a professional makeup artist. I do, I do. Um, and let's see, I have a made by Rodney John Page, M-A-D-E-B-Y-R-O-D-N-E-Y-J-O-N. Um, I also have that's the one that I have like most of my followers on. I do a lot of um on Wednesdays, I do um my lives. On Wednesday, and I just kind of like keep people updated on what I have going on. I might do a recap of something I did on the weekend. If you look on my stories, I'm mean, you're gonna probably always see different things that I'm 
posts and showing you like how my day is going and different things that I'm doing throughout my day. You might see some makeup. You might see some product knowledge. Um, all that's on Made by Rodney John. If you go to the Rodney J-O-N beauty page, that is my new curated page where I'm building my audience for my new product that's going to be dropping and classes and editorials um, and different things I'll be doing like that. So I will be doing master classes. I'll be doing subscriptions on that page where you can subscribe to get other stuff that other people are not going to be able to have access to. So those both pages have its own purpose, but they both are powerful in its own way. I have more followers on Made by Rodney John, but I need all those followers on Made by Rodney John to be on the Rodney John Beauty page too. And I'm and I and I have Rodney John Beauty on Twitter and um, Instagram and uh, Facebook too. Okay, I I mean I have when I tell you Twitter has been the new it girl for me, even though um, the guy's been fucking it up. I love Twitter, so I I just feel like it just I'm I'm there. I'm with it. I don't Play. I just we I just like post something or I'll just retweet something that I might say. I don't even know what Twitter is about. I'm so that's all I do. Twitter. And that's why I like <laughs> it because IG for me is just like it. Some of it's nice. Like I, it, it's yes, you can just consume. But I feel like it is so much easier to consume content for me on Twitter. It's just scroll, keep it moving. Scroll. Then I, I find myself to invest the, the rabbit holes and the links and then people. I've enjoyed twitter so i'm definitely going to get you on the twitters but i will absolutely have all those links in the description box i will have the you have a website i do well i have the uh rodney john beauty website right now okay um how i how i do my hats right now is through um zelle or um cash app mm -hmm. because when i had my website when i was in la and a lot of my merchandise was still in la and when I, I had to move in like two weeks to come to do sherry and i didn't want people to be ordering stuff on the website and i'm not being able to fulfill it because i'm very when it comes to customer service and getting my product out in two to three days mm -hmm. I, you know so now that i have some merchandise here i'd rather just do it that way until yeah. i'm able to get everything up and running the way i want it to be copy all right so i will have both of the links for the igs and the uh rodney john beauty page in the description box so that you guys can get to that easily please do get there and especially to the rodney john beauty page so that y'all could be in the know for when the beauty care line drops babies rodney, thank you thank you thank you i i don't think that you very i am very filled thank you for being here Thank i you appreciate it I am, listen this is what i love to do so you you i'm just so grateful that you reached out to me and asked me to do it to be honest because I, I do this well. all the time i love it thank you i appreciate you all right y'all talk with y'all later bye Peace. we out of here i'm hungry bye yeah. <laughs> bye baby <laughs>